Sport! Welcome back, gentlemen, after an extended break. I call it the All-Star break, maybe, but we're back after week three of the uh, Gentlemen's League. We've got one usual suspect tonight. We've got Sam C. here tonight. What's up, Sam? Hello. And we have uh, Andrew, Rusty Pelican, Carlson with us tonight. What's up, AC? Not a whole lot. I mean, the first question out of my mouth today is, you staying cool, guys? Because it is hot out there. Steamy. It is extremely steamy. I'm not one to complain about summer weather in Minnesota, but uh, this stretch of weather last week and this week, it is just oppressively warm. Yeah, especially like you stick figures, like, you know, when it's hot out. (laughs) Us that carry a little weight around. Yeah, if, so. if we wanted to add another sponsor for the podcast, maybe Jordan Ash's Terry Cloth Polo <laughs> Company. I'm glad you were going to mention it because I was definitely going there with Terry Cloth. <laughs> three hole, three holes. I was just, I was dripping. It was uncomfortable, yeah. and I know Sammy was within our group. He was very uncomfortable. Yeah. But after the sun went down, sort of, it was much better. It's mm. good. It was a hot evening. But there was some hot golf out there, so Swanee's missing in action, we'll call it. He may pop on the pod here um, momentarily, but we'll get started without him tonight. Um, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll take over Swanson's uh, um, duties here, and we'll, we'll just go right into the matches. Um, I think you guys have the matches in front of you as well. So it's funny that, you know, Swanee didn't want to show up for his, you know, his absolute beatdown this week, but I guess we'll have to talk about it without him. So we'll jump right into that one. So Swanee's LLC, Sam Swanson and Jordan Hagel versus Jordan Ash and Paul Loeffler from the Sultans of Swing, a.k.a. P90-ish. So they play in the back nine. They have with a – was that a net four? It looks like uh, it. Net – No, uh, net three. Net three. Net three. Net three. And then the Swanee's LLC team just rattles off <laughs> – a par, and a, I think they birdied in. Uh, there's one par in there as well. A couple pars in there. Four bird. I think it was a four bir- net birdies and a two pars to just finish with a net 24 to win eight and a half points. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an epic beatdown. That we. So do you guys think uh, we might have to look back in the history books? That could be the best beatdown ever in our nine years of of golf. I yeah. tied for the lead. I would be surprised if anything has been uh, better than that. This is eight and a half out of a total nine points. They have the right. first and just crushed them every single hole after that. <laughs> every hole, every hole yeah. after. That's going to be depressing. We should get Jordy on the podcast next week to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. If he, I'll be surprised if he shows up next week. <laughs> Well, it depends on the temperature, and if he has any more terry cloth t-shirt or golf shirts with him, got to do some laundry, maybe. All right. Yeah, that was a... I just want to. I just want to say because this is just an unprecedented <laughs> round. I feel like I just can't uh, let it go. I feel like after you know, because you have the first hole, we're good. You lose the second, that happens. You lose the third, that happens. You go and you cross the the road on the back nine, and you feel like all right, if we can. 
get a couple of holes here. The par fours are coming up. We still got a chance. At what point in the round do you just realize we're done? Like, was it after 13, you're already three down after four holes? Is there any chance of coming back from that? I mean, technically they were, you know, dormy or tied. I think it's now the new USJ. Sure. Dormy, that's the word I'll, I'll use. Um, after the 14th hole, they couldn't lose the match. They could just have the match. <laughs> there were four up through 14. That's amazing. And that's, yeah, they went deuce-deuce, though. That's tough to come back from. Right? I mean, that's a kicking them early and often and then kind of lose their uh, ability to want to be there anymore with that heat. Right. And... and Just an absolute slap in the face in 18. I heard the from the chatter on the, the patio last night that Swanee rolled in like a 40 or 50 foot on 18 for birdie. Just a, just a, absolutely just rough, kick them while they're down, rub their face in the mud type thing. Yeah, I'm sure Jordy took that well. Yeah, very well. <laughs> At that point, Jordy was like, where's the air conditioning? Let's get inside. <laughs> well, you, you got to hand it to uh, the the other half of Sultan of Swat, though, because they held their own on the front nine. Um, good for uh, Jay, Jason. And I, I don't know if I've met this Luke before, um, but they, they actually won theirs. They won one, two, three, four, five, six of the nine holes. So they, they must have known their other teammates were just getting crushed on the back nine, and they, they ramped it up and, and held on there. So it wasn't as much of an embarrassment for the total team. Right. Yeah, that was, they did well to keep the total match, the you know, two sides uh, close. But Also a net one, so – Always, well, always fun new in there. I had a net one in my group last night too. Luke Carlson with a two on the very first hole for a net one. That was pretty fun. I'll jump into that match. Holy Smokes versus the Wooden Peggers. Um, really, we we the Wooden Pegs won the first hole. Holy Smokes won the second hole, and then we just tied out. Like it really wasn't anything special. It was just a, a hard fought match. AC and uh, Blitter Club, uh, Holy Smokes versus Sam and Dan Bonney on the back nine. Holy Smokes got them two and one or, or two up, as they say. What what went on in the back nine? Anything good? Yeah, I'll as the losing pair of that uh, foursome, I will say BJ and AC there, um, they were rock solid. Um no chinks in their armor. They just did not make a mistake at all. Uh, not that Bonnie and I necessarily played that well, but there was never a chance for us to, you know, there's never a door open that we could take advantage of. They were mm-hmm. just routine pars and scrambling uh, to, to the have holes when, when needed. So tough match. They played very well. Just solid pars across the board. Mm-hmm. And then I think one birdie by BJ there. Yeah, it was pretty steady golf. It was not nothing special, you know. Just did did our jobs, and uh, you know, Bonnie was a little loose at times. Sammy, you were a little loose at times, but you never were. You ham and egged it pretty well, so you never, you know, lost anything really. Stayed in there, but it felt like more of a grind for you guys than it did for us. And yeah, maybe that was the frustrating part. Yeah, because uh, 
Blair made a birdie on hole 11. So then you guys had the tee box the rest of the way. We never were able to take one back. So it just always felt like, like, when are we going to, when are we going to steal one here and just have this up or like get some momentum? It just never came. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back to, uh, on to the next match, I guess. Good, good versus scrape it. We got Pat Renner and Tom Rooney versus Corey Jacklich and Trent Ryder. Looks like Trent with a little net uno on number eight last night. That team that was a pretty good beat down two four up. Very um, big beat down. Is that is that surprising with Jacklich though? I mean, no, that's kind of his mo. He's yeah, I agree. Thirty five with eight and Trent's a seven shot thirty one. That's pretty good. That's tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Especially like a natural two in there, a couple natural pars for Trent on his, you know, shot holes. It's pretty good. Yeah, just realized too these these two teams, um, both uh, sort of puns or not necessarily pun, but of gimmies. They're referencing gimmies for their team names. Very nice. I wonder if there's any given gimmies given last night. That'd be uh, <laughs> ironic. Uh. Onto the back nine, we got Jeremy Jeremy Wong and Patrick McKinnon and Tom Durkin versus Eric and Eric Stevens. Uh, who won this one? Three up to the good good side. Good good. It look, looks like the back side picked up their uh, their captain. Yep, a little bit after his beat down on the front. So <laughs> a lot of that this year, it seems like a lot of lopsided sides. I know yeah. I've been on the wrong side of that, but uh, our captain has picked us up every week, it seems like. So that's always good to have. Yep. Last uh, last match of the night, Blind Squirrels versus the Happy Hookers. Uh, Dressaronski, Matt Tyshirt. I, I don't know if I know Matt either. Um, Steve Nazvik and Ryan Hogue. Um, another net one in there. Matt Tyshirt with a net one on six. That's a good. That's a good little birdie there. Um, that was a, a good good match there. Finished net two, net two, to win one up. That's. Oh well, yeah, that's a. That from was five, a... they from five they went net two, net one, net four, net two, net two to win one up. That's pretty good. Yeah. And and the only hole they lost in that stretch was to a a net two as well. So right. Playing well. Uh, so they, they one, a, a no show, no show from Randy Earl in the other group. There, Derek, you, hate, you hate to hate to see that. Hate to see it. Hung so out to dry. Derek Metzger from the Happy Hookers took on uh, John Hager and Kevin Weber by himself. Not bad. <laughs> he lost four up, but and this two Randy in there. Derek. Those are the two guys I accused of taking steroids, so <laughs> I don't know if there's, if there's something there, but I, I don't know. Ran, I think, what did Randy shoot, uh, 41 or 49 or something last two weeks ago before the break? I wonder mm-hmm. if he was just embarrassed to show his face this week, kind of <laughs> like maybe Jordy will be next week. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he'll show up, too. Um, He's, like, moved, moved out of town or something. Yeah. Maybe maybe that was it. So it's been three weeks. I like to check in on the player analytics, and I really just like to follow the 
who's making the most. Mike Berger with the uh, six triples or worse. He's leading the clubhouse <laughs> there. Our bogey leader is Joe Saronsky with 18. And let's go birdies. Birdie leader is Sam Swanson with four. How about that? Three That's three last good. night. Yeah, just catapulted to the top of the leaderboard there. Any Eagles? Doesn't look like it. All right, so checked in on the analytics. That's that's it for me. Uh, what, what about, uh, what about uh, the hole by hole statistics? We got the the individual. Oh yeah. Analytics? Hardest hole. Sample size? Maybe not. Maybe okay. Yeah, Let's we see got... here. We've got all the rounds. So we've got the hardest hole is the second hole. Not surprising. But actually, just looking at it, I, I'm not going to, you know, don't quote me on this, but it looks like there's more, like the harder holes are on the front side. You've got the one, two, five, six, seven, eight hardest holes in the front nine. You've got the three, four, and nine on the back nine. Yeah, no, no surprise. Uh, no surprise. Hole 17 is playing the third hardest now. Yeah, no. With the expanded pond and the cart path one foot behind the green, it is dangerous. And the, su- and the sub air system they put in last winter. Oh, oof. dried it out. <laughs> it is playing tough. We had a few balls yesterday that I think a few chip shots that bounced four feet in the air from. Oh. I feel I was like, whoa. This is a little cool. firmer than, yeah. Mm-hmm. Previous have they years. gone too far? Have they lost the course, as they say? <laughs> <laughs> Fast and firm. Fast and firm. It's like the seventh old Shinnecock. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go uh, go YouTube it. The balls are rolling off the green. That was pretty good. All right, uh, let's move on to the next segment, I guess. Uh, Sammy, what you, what you got for some questions this week? I got some questions. Um, so we're going to start with maybe the, the hot topic of the weekend in the professional world of golf, uh, with the, which is John Rahm's positive COVID test and uh, withdrawal. So for those who don't know, John Rahm, Spaniard, uh, had a six-shot lead going into Sunday of the tournament but was told he tested positive for COVID and was forced to withdraw. I don't exactly ha- know what my question is here, but was just curious to get you guys' thoughts about that situation. Boy, it's tough. AC, I'll let you go first. It's, it's, there's a lot of missteps and a lot of um, poor optics, so to speak. You see how they announced it to him? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's literally walking off 18th green while he's in the crowd. They come up to him and and tell him. Mm-hmm. And he start, He almost, I think he broke down and started crying a, or a little bit. I mean, he was just like devastated. He's like, I'm up six, you know, in his head, I'm up six. I'm going to win that 1.6 mil, you know, mm-hmm. Jack's, Jack's tourney. Like, let's go. Um, a lot of emotions, I guess, but you you think they could have waited a little bit until he got to the clubhouse and a little more discreetly instead of right in front of everyone. That was that was wild. Yeah, he he had ex, he had exposure like a week earlier, so it wasn't like out of the blue. Mm-hmm. So apparently they get tested every day if they're in the protocol. 
Um, so you just, yeah, it's just, it's just wild. You, you, you think they, they could have done something, but you know, different times, right. It just have to kind of follow the letter of the law, unfortunately. Right. And, uh, that's all it, it was just weird. Yeah. I, the, um, dogs here. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I didn't appreciate how they just told him like right on the green there, but at, at the same time, like, okay, he can't go into the scoring tent. Right. So I, I mean, they should have done it kind of behind the, behind the curtain, I guess, but I don't know. We, we so didn't need, in... we didn't need to know how the sausage was made, so to speak. Like that's right. one of those things could have been done discreetly. Right. I think, um, I think, hold on a second here. Palmer wants to Palmer wants to join us here. Palmer? Um, that's my, my dog Palmer. Um I think I think they should have let him play just for just to do it. <laughs> they should have let him play as a single right behind the, the other group. I think that'd have been kind of fun, but made for good TV. But I understand like he's that's their policy. But my question is, okay, let's say it's January twenty 22 and they're in Kapalua let's say for the winners tournament mm-hmm. and someone tests positive like at what point are they just going to be like yeah that's not a thing anymore but it, <laughs> but it's part of our policy that we you can't you know you can't play anymore and I don't know I guess everyone needs to change your policy at some point but it seems kind that of that's the interesting thing is because a lot of people are like well he should just get vaccinated so this doesn't happen it's like well you can still mm-hmm contract it if you have a vaccination right. or if you and it, then it kind of gets into the more it's the non it's the more political argument instead of just kind of the, the sports question and then everyone has mm-hmm. an opinion and right. it gets very messy which yeah. so it's even messier because he got he had it already back I don't know last year mm-hmm. and then he got his first shot this week at the memorial they had some sort of you know clinic going on <laughs> so like man and he's not he's asymptomatic not sick right the whole deal so yeah yeah i don't know when the actual time is that that'll be interesting what do you think sam is it going to be anything when are we going to know for sure or the cutoff uh come on come on sam uh let's see uh september 1st nice (laughs) yes um (laughs) Yeah, I, I think I agree. The optics are bad, especially because, what, it was just like two weeks ago, you had fans literally patting Phil on the back going up 18. Right. And now you, in a in a sport where, theoretically, you can absolutely socially distance on the golf course outside, um, if, if there's any sport you could probably play safely with COVID, it's golf. Um, and it just feels weird that he started – the the um you know was playing in the tournament and all somewhere along the line like in the middle of the round they find out and, and that's not just golf too there's other sports where it'll be after the sixth inning a player gets pulled out of the game in baseball and they're like hey your test came back it's like why why are we letting guys play in these games if we are gonna potentially pull them anyways it just seems weird like why right. Like, like if you start a mat or if you start a tournament or if you start a game, I feel like let them finish. <laughs> like everyone sort of knows the risk at that point of entering in. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But yeah, September first. So it will all be clear September first. Okay. Love it. Perfect. Tweet right. that out. <laughs> uh, next question. We're going collegiate. Uh, don't know if you guys have heard, but St. Thomas is becoming Division One next year. This isn't new news, but it just kind of popped in my head again this week. My Actually, uh, one of my good friends, Sean Barrett, you probably played with him, Andy. Uh, mm-hmm. he, was the, he was the interim head coach for St. Thomas this year for the golf team, um, which he's kind of got some funny stories about that where he's recruiting for – for next season and offering a scholarship for these guys. And it's just kind of this weird transition, but Mm -hmm. I was going to say, how do you, how do you think St. Thomas will fare in competition uh, by switching and not just golf, any sport. um, And how do you expect recruiting to change for the upper Midwest? What, what, uh, what league are they going to play in? No idea. Like not the big 10, I'm assuming. Not. No, they they are well. It depends on the sport, but don't they have to go into some like uh, it's not, um, numbers, and it's like a transition period. Start off. I don't know what the league is, but then they get go into the North it's Dakota the State League, like Pioneer, for football, right? And the, Pioneer League, it says. Just, okay. just a little googling on the old Google machine. Google. Pioneer League has 11 different teams. Butler, Davidson, Dayton, Drake, Moorhead State, San Diego, Stetson, Valparaiso. Pretty small. Great. Shout out to Tanash. <laughs> I'm going to go Zach Johnson, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like for hockey, they're going into the CCHA, for example. Yeah. So they, it depends on the the sport also. Okay. Yeah, I think they'll do fine. I don't think they'll be like last in their league in a lot of sports because I just think I mean the football team obviously is what's kind of driving this, right? They've been they've been really good. I have no idea. I haven't followed this very much, so <laughs> I'm at a loss. I mean, I, I think their football team will do. You know, they'll be in the middle of the pack in this pioneer league. But other than that, I'm not not really sure. I think it'll take a lot of bumps, but I, you know, it, it, it'll be a process as they say. And some of those, maybe the individual sports might be a little easier to advance quicker as opposed to that hundred eighty five hundred player football team that <laughs> you're dealing with a whole different league when it gets to the next, next levels. I would, I would think. But, you know, you might be competitive in golf or tennis, whatever the kind of the not lower level, but lower level uh, sports. Non-revenue sports. Non-revenue. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> exact. Sorry. As as I speak to a non-revenue. I just want to verify. Guy. I just want to I just want to verify non-revenue versus club sports is a big difference. Hugely. Don't tell Swanson that. <laughs> <laughs> As a University of Minnesota alumni, I could I could really care less about anyone else besides the University of Minnesota. Um, and wait, they're just based, were, they're they're playing. What's that? <laughs> you're you're a Gopher as well, Andrew. Yeah, I was a Division One athlete as well. I mean, it's kind so, of a. So you, you, Andy, and uh, Swanson, all U of M guys. 
Yep. Man, what am I doing on this podcast? We call it the yeah. U, actually. The U. Oh, we're elite. The, we're, elite. we're elite. We're elite. That's what elite. we call ourselves. We're elite. I mean, I, Iowa podcast. State's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, Big Twelve, farm, cow country, whole deal. Pat Babs coached for uh, Iowa State, right? That's right. My roommate in college. All right. All right. Uh, what else you got, Last Sam? question here. Uh, more of a personal uh, storytelling time. Uh, would like to hear your guys' best golf shot and worst golf shot mm. of all time. I, I know there's some that got have to stick out. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you guys think. I just strongly the time. I'll go first here. Um, all of you have witnessed my worst shot. Um, this was maybe first or second year of gentlemen's league, and we were in the D bag shootout. Uh, hole three, and I hit my tee shot into the pond on hole 18. <laughs> I have it it on video. Was, I'm pretty sure I have that on video. Yeah, pretty sure it's on video somewhere. Um, I will say I hadn't really gotten nervous with golf for a while once I stopped playing competitively in high school. And st- standing on the tee box with, like, the rest of the league just watching, I remember, like – actually feeling butterflies and I was so nervous and I'd probably made these like the the scaredest swing I've ever I've ever swung and it was just a bad bad result just high fly ball sailing right into the pond <laughs> like almost hit like should have hit the fence next to the how did it, how did it not hit the fence exactly like went, it was it was just it might have went through it for all we know still, still <laughs> under, unconfirmed could have yeah, that's that's my worst shot. Um, best shot, and I don't even I don't know if this is necessarily the best shot I've ever hit, but maybe more most memorable was in high school. I think I was a junior in high school playing in the tri-state tournament at uh, Les Bolstead. My brother Luke was out of the tournament with an ear infection, so I was named uh, the number one golfer for for the for the day. And I ended up playing really well, and I got paired with uh, the first group, like all the other team's best players for the second day. Well, ended up getting paired with Don Constable of Minnetonka. And if anyone <laughs> knows know, knows the golf world, he, he had a cup of, cup of coffee on the tour. And like, mm-hmm. obviously, he's, I, he might have already been the state champion, too, the year before, something like that, I forget. But I'm playing with him, and... Keep in mind, I'm about five foot four, a hundred pounds, soaking wet. Can hit my driver maybe 180 yards, and I'm paired with like some of the best golfers in the tri-state area. <laughs> and hole, hole four, dogleg right down the hill. I can't make it over the the corner. Can't clear the corner, so I'm way back. And I hit a five iron blind over the hill and stuff it to three feet. And I just remember walking up the like running over the hill to see it land and it just sticks next to the pin and don constable looks back at me just with this look like 
who the f is this kid like i've never even heard of him and he's just like going lights out right now i think i was playing like a a scraped up pinnacle because i was so caught off guard had no had no business playing with those guys but that was that was my sorry were you running it down like sergio yes exactly that's what i envisioned had that you're probably the same size as him Exactly. <laughs> Is he yeah, still so playing like, on tour? No. No. He um shout out to No Sweat Company. Him and some friends started that No Sweat Company. Have you guys heard of this one? They they make like little patches that go inside your hat that kind of catch the sweat so they don't ruin your hats. But the, Are they really the one from... Jordan's polo? <laughs> <laughs> Jordy Jordy should get some no sweats for his hat. He might help him. But I think they, the biggest product they sell is like the hockey helmet. So they stick them in your hockey helmet. So that's a okay. trip in your eyes. But kind of a cool product for you, you heavy sweaters he's, out there. He's a gopher too, right? Yeah, he uh, he transferred from Texas to the U a couple years after I left. Upgrade, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I don't I, – my best shot, I, I can't narrow one down. My worst shot is – I it was in a playoff – I was playing off for a spot in the Western Amateur, and this is at the Notre Dame course. This is during the summer. And the story is, like, you used to get done with the Minnesota State Open, and you drive, like, from, you know, Bunker Hills. There's always at Bunker Hills to um, Notre Dame, um, basically through the night, and you wake up and play golf the next morning. You get a few hours of sleep in your car. So, it, so I played and I shot like I don't know, like a seventy four, like it wasn't anything special, but got into a playoff for one of the spots and you know, the whole the first playoff hole was maybe four hundred yards and there's a bunker out there. So you kinda hit like a two hundred and fifty yard shot. So I had like a two iron or a hybrid or something. And I chunked it like hundred and fifty yards down. <laughs> <laughs> like just a flat out chunk, like, oh went down the middle of the ferry and I actually hit like a four iron or something like on the green. I was like one of the closest ones in the playoff for a birdie putt. So it was like one of the worst shots and actually probably one of my better shots followed up by it. But I can't, I can't think of one of my, like my all time favorite shot. I've got four, four and a half hole in one. So those are probably my best shots. <laughs> four and a half. That's a good, <laughs> con- good controversy actually. So last year we were in, this was yeah last like two marches ago now. So spring break, 2020, actually right before the whole lockdown. We're playing Greyhawk, and it's a really rainy day. Like, there are two two groups in the golf course. Like, no one actually plays that day except for tourists. <laughs> so we went out and we played. We ran into the group in front of us on hole seven. And so we skipped hole seven and went to hole eight. Hole eight is a par three. So we played hole eight and through 18, and then we went back to hole seven to play it, right? So we had all 18 holes in. But then after seven, we're like, oh, let's just play in. So I, my 19th hole of the day, I got a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> so I call it like four and a half. But according to the Greyhawk golf course, I got a hole in one. I got They gave me like a flag and my name on the plaque up there and everything. So to them, it's a hole in one. But to me, it's about half of one. Well, it's like Glitterati making a hole in one on their course. I mean, <laughs> such a story, story golfer. <laughs> AC, what's yours? Uh, what's your answer to this question? I only have one hole in one. Um, it was on a 
a warm summer day, <laughs> June 22nd, 1995. Uh, I had a Wilson three wood, uh, one of those old school. Do they have like the, like the, what was the one that they had? Like the, looks like a spaceship. Remember those? Or you guys are too young. Anyway, it was a really old Wilson and uh, 189 yards, probably into like a five club wind <laughs> and just piped this three wood um, at the Big Lake Golf Club executive course. So mm-hmm. um, kind of like the gemmer. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was only, what, 26 years ago. <laughs> it was very, very. Um, so that was the best shot. I haven't had a good shot in 26 years. Um, <laughs> my my worst shots, I don't know, but the one that comes to mind right away is last year um, I played in the uh, TPC member guest with uh, Jeremy Brandt. Oh, the, uh, good for our, you. <laughs> I mean, some, some of the guys I hang around with are big deals like Blair Clubja and, you know, you know. <laughs> so I played in that member guest event and we made the shootout nice. and I don't, you guys have been in shootouts or not. I don't know. We're seeing them and it's just, you know, 80 to a hundred people in golf cars that have been drinking all weekend mm-hmm. and playing golf all whatever, three days. And it's just a scene, right? Yep. And there's, I don't know, there's 12 or 15 in the shootout. And basically my partner, Jeremy's like, you can tee off. <laughs> thanks a lot you know as the guests <laughs> and having a hundred people watch me and the first hole the shootout at tpc was hole 15 which goes along the road trees on the right mm-hmm. i have a nice little draw uh the ball did not draw um and i put it deep into the woods for my partner nice. <laughs> but uh, he rallied and advanced it like 15 feet in the woods and then i chopped it out he put it to about six feet. And I made the bogey putt and we advanced. Wow. So it was okay. But it was, uh, that was like you were saying, Sammy, the, the nerves on the tee box. I barely held the club because I was so <laughs> nervous to hit that ball. Mm-hmm. And I barely, I almost missed it. <laughs> At least you didn't. You made kind of That's this a good story. story. I like that one. All right. Does that wrap up the questions there, Sammy? That wraps up the questions. All right. I don't have much else tonight, guys, so we'll uh, – or AC, you wanted to mention something, right? You want to mention something coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so the uh, U.S. Open is coming up here uh, the weekend of Father's Day, I believe, June 17th through 20th. And I thought it would be a great, a great fun if we would all kind of have a draft next week of – whether it's tea time draft, like we were talking about, you pick a tea time and you get the three golfers mm-hmm. or if we, you know, if we have less interest, like, you know, 15, 10, 15 guys, we can just do a straight draft of, and just pick players and mm-hmm. kind of follow them the next week, do a little payout on, on a low round of the day, overall tournament score, and just kind of, you know, something to do in between league night. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that'd be kind of fun. Idea. But I'll be organizing that on the patio next week. Maybe I'll send out an email. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, that sounds like fun. 
little buy-in, little, you know, like like they say, is, you know, life is more fun when there's money in the line. So, sounds like a great idea. Great, great contribution to the uh, to the golf league in the podcast. It's great. Any, anything we can do to, to, you know, work on those vices a little bit during the week as well. <laughs> the normal Monday night vices. So, here to help. Yep. <laughs> Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. We'll uh, wrap it up tonight. Um, thanks for joining, AC. Sammy C, as always. Um, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Adios. Sounds good. Cheers. Oh, thank you.